So let's go ahead and uh, find in our Bibles our foundation scripture for this series, which is John chapter 1. And so let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 1 together. And then as you find John 1, and if you, if you don't have your Bible with you, that's fine. It's going to be on the screens as well. And let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. And Jonathan, why do you, why do you stand? Well, we stand in reverence and... Uh, honor of the word of God. We did a series that Jesus is the living word. And so we want to stand in, in reverence to him. So we're going to read together verses one through four. Here we go. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the living word. This is, this is descriptive and directly about you. So when we receive the word of God in our hearts, we understand that we receive you fully. And so we do that tonight in this gathering of worship. In Jesus' name, and the people said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. And let's go ahead and jump into tonight. So we're going to go ahead and go to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. Um, so if you're familiar with where Isaiah is, Jeremiah is right after Isaiah. A lot of people uh, get lots of scriptures from Isaiah. And we're going to go to chapter one in Jeremiah. So if you're at Psalms, it's like a little bit to the right of Psalms and Proverbs. And I have passed Jeremiah 1 about three times here. So sometimes you just got to keep on keeping on. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1. And what we like to do or we take time on midweek is to mark scripture. And so if you need a pen or a highlighter, we always put those out for that very purpose to highlight scripture and interact with the word of God and your, your copy of the word of God. In Jeremiah chapter one, this is written by the prophet Jeremiah. Then the Lord said to me, it's talking about himself, Jeremiah, you have seen well, for I am alert and active. Get ready to underline or highlight. Watching over my word to perform it. Now we use this scripture two weeks ago in, in week two, but I wanted to bring it back in understanding that God says, I am alert and I am active. And in, in reference to what? Watching over my word to perform it. Your first feeling is God is ready to do his part when it comes to his word. That he has declared himself alert and active. I like the other scripture that says he neither sleeps nor slumbers. He never is off the job. He never gets caught uh, sideways. He always knows exactly what's going on. And for the sake of this series, he is active over his word. And let's go and take it a step further. And his word is his son, Jesus, the living word, the son of the living God. Are, the question is, are we using his word in our prayer life when he is ready to perform what he says? And so just as everything else, we evaluate our prayer life. 
And am I using the word of God in my prayer that he has said I'm active and alert to perform it? Your next fill in a focused prayer using the word of God partners with God for his results. Now, some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight has been abused when it comes to the words of our mouth and what we're what we're claiming. You know, you'll say that are you the name it and claim it crowd? Are you the blab it and the grab it? Are you the all that? And, and all of that is um, has been a misuse of the word of God. But that doesn't mean the proverbial we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, we stick to the teaching of the word of God that says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man does well when, and we mix it with the word. Now let's go to Proverbs. So if you're in Jeremiah, you're going to go to the left. If you go to Psalms, you've gone too far. So Proverbs chapter 18. Did everybody get a fill in that needs one? Did you take care of that, Sammy? Oh, somebody did. If you need a fill-in, said, Uncle Hobart, you need a fill-in still? He can't run a camera and do a fill-in. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20, and this is the Amplified. I usually, if you're interested, I usually am the Amplified Classic. We always do the reading of the word from the New King James because that's what Pastor Brian uses a lot. And we use a little bit of the passion as well. In Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 20, a man's moral self, get ready to highlight, shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his words. So let's highlight and underline that. He will be fruit, filled with the fruit of his mouth and the consequences are the results of his words. I lost my place. There you go. He, must, he must be satisfied whether good or evil. Verse 21, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Underline that in your Bible or on your sheet. I print them on there so you can see them as well. And they who indulge in it will eat the fruit of it for death or for life. And then let's look at this in the, in the Passion. It's on your paper and on the screen here. Oops, I jumped ahead, my bad. Verse 21 in the Passion, it says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences of whatever his or her words are. The question is, what are my words saying? And then we ask ourselves that in prayer, what are my words saying? Your next filling, fill in, am I unknowingly speaking death into things that God wants life spoken into? So hopefully by the end of tonight, we'll see how to speak words of life where God is also speaking words of life. And then we also, as Pastor Brian has taught us well, guard our words that speak death, either over us, a situation over someone or someone else. What I, your next villain, what I say can absolutely bring the life of God into a situation. 
This is the sobering part, this next fill-in. Someone out there could be waiting for me to speak life into their lives. And I wonder how much of our prayer life goes unattended when God wants our prayer life to be something that is speaking life into people, speaking life into situations, speaking life into circumstances, speaking life into us. You know, uh, I'm not going to bash social media. I haven't bashed social media in a long time. I know y'all are, y'all got rid of your tally marks on how many times I've bashed social media, but couldn't we, let me say it this way. I, not very often, because if somebody like irritates me or whatever, I stop following them on social media, I just hide them. They never know. They'll never be hurt by it. <laughs> but every once in a while, something will slip through that you're like, what an idiot. <laughs> or, or why did you post that? Or who are you fooling? I know that y'all have no friends like that, that they, they uh, say crazy things on their social media and like nobody believes that but you. <laughs> Trying to be nice. I'm not using words. I'll use initials though. Let me tell you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what if we used social media as part of our prayer list and then also use that for specific people to pray and speak words of life over their lives? Then it becomes something different than we're just seeing, you know, who got a new house you know, whose brats are in sports. I mean, whose kids are in sports. <laughs> Who, who's, I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Calm down, Ryan. I'm, I won't go too much on social media. So, <laughs> hey, whatever happened to Cowtown guy? He, Ryan, Ryan took some of the best pictures and posted them on social media and then he just quit on us. Come on back to, we need to see more pictures. But what if we use that as stopping a moment? We're all, I don't have my phone with me. We're all guilty of just scrolling to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And every platform is that. Every platform is just a scroll fest. But what if we slowed down that scroll and when you saw someone, here's the fun thing. What if it's somebody that just, they, maybe they just posted something, just, uh, you know, just not anything either way. But the Lord prompts our hearts to pray over them that the Lord prompts us in that moment, I'm gonna take a moment right now, instead of scrolling to the next one, instead of just clicking like, that I'm gonna pray over them, I'm gonna pray over the situation. Has anybody, have you ever had that word? I had that one time where the Lord woke me up in, a, in the middle of the night, and it was a young man that used to go to my student ministry, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I just had a, a dream before I woke up that he was in a car accident. And so when I woke up that in the middle of the night, I immediately started praying over him and I prayed in the spirit over him as well. And then I went back to bed. But he was real, what do you call it? Obvious that the Lord said, before you go back to bed, pray. And so then a few months later, uh, it wasn't soon, it was some months later that I ran into him at a convention. And so I, I told him, I said, hey, you know what? I had a dream about you the other a few months ago and you were in a car accident and I and I prayed over you um, and I remember this part that I there were three other people in the car and I 
didn't know who they were, but I knew there was three other people in the car and I prayed for you and those three other people. And I mean, as I'm saying it, his eyes are just widening. And this was a little bit before social media where you, you know, get instant knowledge on everything. He said, a few months ago, I was in a car accident. I was like, no way. And I said, well, there are three people. He said, there were three people in my car, but I had dropped them all out off at their homes. And then I had that car accident. So I don't have any clue what could have happened. I don't know. It's not for me to know. But I do know that the Lord prompted me in that moment of the middle of the night to pray. And hopefully what I show you in just a second is that did God use our prayers? And there's two things right there. I don't, I'm not going to jump into a series on praying in the spirit, but praying in the spirit, but also with understanding. And when you pray with understanding that we're using the word of God when we do that. So there's a little side note right here. You might be saying, Jonathan, I don't know how to use the word of God. Well, I'm going to show you tonight and a little next week on how to use the word of God. And it's easy as putting it on a post-it note. I'll show you how to in a second. Um, in Proverbs, now we're going to stay in Proverbs, but going to chapter six. So we're in 18, go to the left a little bit to six. Are you enjoying this series? I know it's, a, it's not, you know, one of those, we, we, this church we went to back in the day, they, it was pews. And the, we had crazy services, just crazy sometimes. Well, there were pews and, you know, similarly, similarly spaced. We, we had some preacher come through and he preached up such a storm. He got up and he's walking on the backs of the pews. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I know that's not this kind of message, but anyway, but he got so excited that he walked down the backs of those pews. I think it was that same meeting that we had double doors at the back and similar to this doors on each side. And this man, his son had got born again in that service. Why am I telling this story? But and he ran out that back door when he split, he hit that solid door so bad it split it. I mean, he was a huge guy, but he hit it. I mean, he was so excited that his son got born again. So I was just, you know, I was on staff at that church. I was just thankful nobody was on the other side of that door. So, all right. So Proverbs chapter six, it's and uh, from Proverbs, the wisdom of God, you are snared, get ready to circle or underline or highlight by the words of your lips. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. So let's look at that before we go any further that the word of God says that we are snared, caught, captured by the words of our mouth and uh, we are caught by the speech of our mouth. So, but listen to this, that has a negative connotation to it, but then the opposite is also true. We might be snared by the word of, the, of our mouth, but there also is a productive capture, capturing of the words of our mouth, which is your next fill-in, that you are freed and loosed by the words of your mouth. So in the same way that our words can be something that ensnares us, that makes situations worse, that makes our attitude and how we feel about it worse, then I believe the opposite is true. That our words can bring life and liberty and wholeness and healing and restoration by how we pray. 
what we say and how we pray can be the determining a factor of what we're believing for. One of the things that everybody has um, a prayer list and what you're believing God for and things on that prayer list. And have you ever been like me where you said, I don't know how to pray for this. I don't know how to pray for this, the things that I need in my life. I don't know how to pray for the people in my life. I don't know how to pray for situations in my life, but wouldn't it be more effective if next to that prayer list that we had scriptures, and I'm gonna show you this in a second, that we could use to help us pray over those situations. And so then we tap into Proverbs where we are, where our situations, where the circumstances, where what we're believing God for is, are being snared by the words of our mouth in a good way. They're being captured. That those things, when you, when you say that the Lord has given me peace in my mind, I'm, my next series is going to be a destination joy. This series is messing me up and I haven't even started writing it yet. Destination joy. That what would happen if we allow the word of God to ensnare our minds, our hearts, our prayers, and instead of despair, anxiety, regret, depression, worry, all those things that come around, what would happen is if the life of God's word ensnared our thinking, ensnared our hope, ensnared our destination of joy. You're just gonna have to come back for that. Let's go to Mark 11. So we're in Proverbs, so we're gonna go to the right. So when you get to the New Testament, it's the third, uh, second book, I'm sorry. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are our gospels. And so we're going to go to Mark 11. Now there's a famous preacher whose name is Kenneth Hagin that anytime you hear Mark 11, people think, well, that's Kenneth Hagin's scripture. Well, no, no, no. Mark 11 was spoken by Jesus long before a man named Kenneth Hagin got a hold of it. So we're not going to get caught up in, oh, no, that's word of faith. Oh, no, that's, you know, blab it and grab it, people. We're not going to get caught up in that. We're going to listen to the words of Jesus. And by the way, this church happens to be over the covering of his daughter, Miss <laughs> Pat Harrison, who is Kenneth Hagin's daughter. So anyway, we reverence and honor and value the ministry that the Hagans are doing and have done in the earth. So Mark 11, and Jesus, does it say Kenneth Hagin? No, it says in Jesus replied saying, do you think it's going to be important? It said, Jesus said something, have faith in God constantly. Verse 23, truly, I tell you, get ready to highlight and circle or underline whatever, I'm sorry, whoever what says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place. It will be done for him. Verse 24, for this reason, I tell you what, what look at, look how Jesus ties them together. Whatever you ask in what context in prayer. So before we read any further, Jesus is giving a lesson on prayer right here. 
Because he says, whatever you say, whatever you comes out of your mouth. Then he goes on to say, and he and, uh, uh, specifically a prayer for prayer. Brother Shereen said, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident, confident that it will be granted you and you will get it. Once again, this has been abused. There's just no way around it. You've probably seen them on TikTok. You've probably seen them on Instagram that this kind of stuff has been abused. But what, that doesn't mean that we throw it out just because somebody has misused what Jesus is talking about. Jesus said, your next fill-in, Jesus said that he is looking for confidence in our prayers and our spoken words. Meaning, Jesus drew from Proverbs where it says that we are, that life and death are in your tongue. You're ensnared by your words. And so he's saying in prayer, speak the word of God and have confidence in the word of God. Jesus did not limit the power and the ability of what we pray and what we speak. He went straight to it. As Jesus is teaching right here, he goes straight to say to this mountain. <laughs> he didn't say, say to this little pile of sand, <laughs> say to this little shovel of dirt. Jesus, the master, goes for a mountain <laughs> and says, if you say to this mountain, one of the uh, shows I like to watch is called Gold Rush. Now, don't watch Gold Rush right now because the current one, everybody on there irritates me. So I, <laughs> I watch one called uh, Hoffman Gold, which is the original family that started this show, Gold Rush. And so they mine for gold in Alaska. One of the things that's interesting is they have to clear away a lot of top dirt to get to what they call pay because that's a level in the, in the dirt that uh, gold has been hidden or produced there in, in dirt. And the interesting part is that they'll find ancient waterfalls where this dirt and material has come down a mountain, down waterfall through, and, it's, and at the bottom of these waterfalls is this pile of gold that has just made its way down the mountain. And so there again, they've got to unearth layers and layers and layers and layers of dirt to get to where the gold is. The gold's just not sitting on the top of the, on the, top of the ground because <laughs> it's been there forever. And so if you think about however many thousands of years this gold has been buried in these places of dirt, levels of dirt, that how did these mountains get there? Well, they didn't get there, you know, through the sandstorm of last week. They have been thousands and thousands of years till they built up to a mountain or however the Lord has made that. I mean, they and Jesus in teaching on prayer goes to a mountain <laughs> and says, you speak to the mountain and not just be kind of shifted over a little bit. He said, but picked up and thrown into the sea. I mean, just absolutely revolutionary thinking on. And then he ties it to prayer and what we say. Now, let me give this little disclaimer. 
There is nothing that Jonathan has that gives Jonathan the ability to move nothing, much less a little leaf that's being pushed by the wind. I don't even think that kind of ability. But Jesus said in prayer, something is available. Something is there. Something moves it. And who other than the living word of God that tells us when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have what you pray. Let's keep going. Jesus said that there would be times that words are necessary to move impossibilities. Because if we went even to, there's no mountains around here. They call there's a, a mount, they call a, a housing development in Burleson Brown Mountain. It should be brown slightly uphill. <laughs> it's not a brown mountain. There's not, maybe it's a mountain around here, but that's just a hill. <laughs> you just go a little slightly lower getting up those, those houses. But, but Jesus referring or referencing the impossible when it came to prayer. Do we think that he might have had a little bit of insight? We're, we're getting somewhere. Okay, now let's go to James. <clears throat> so you're in Mark and you're going to go all the way to the end of your Bible. So Hebrews is a pretty big uh, book that's toward the end there. And uh, James is right after Hebrews, but before Revelation. So if you've gone that far... But if you see Hebrews, go a little bit past Hebrews to James. And I already passed it. There it is. In James uh, chapter 4. It's a little book, but it's powerful. <clears throat> Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, James 4.2. And this actually is going to tie in with my next series, Destination Joy. You are jealous and covet what others have. And you desire, your desires go unfulfilled. And so you become murderers. And then it's the Amplified specifies here to hate is to murder as far as your heart is concerned. You burn with envy and anger and you are not able to obtain the gratification, the, the contentment and the happiness that you seek. That's my next series right there. So you fight and you war Look at the, how it ties it together. And you do not have because you do not ask. You might have heard it when you were a kid. Mom used to always say it. You have not because you ask not. Mom always asked us when we were in trouble, did you pray about it and are you tithing? <laughs> and you better, you better be doing both or you have zero sympathy. Even if we were doing that, we had zero sympathy from mom. <laughs> you have not because you didn't ask. This is a principle in prayer and in our lives that you, you do not have it because you did not ask for it. My question is, what is waiting on me? What is waiting on us? What's waiting on us to pray? Let's go to Daniel. So Daniel is a New Testament I'm sorry, Old Testament. And I like, you know, I was thinking about as I was picking this, uh, this evening stuff that we're dealing with a lot of, of uh, Old Testament because the Old Testament, of course, that's before Jesus. The Old Testament, and I don't know where Daniel is in my Bible. So give me a page number. The Old Testament 
is a revelation or a revealing of God's nature. Jesus is the full manifestation of God, but we see in the Old Testament the nature of God himself. And then it's fully manifest. I cannot find Daniel. This is where you either have tabs or you look in the book of, uh, the first book of the Bible that's called the index. I've got it on my, my screen, but there it is. Got it. Daniel chapter 10. This is interesting. This is very interesting. This is Daniel speaking of his own experience, interacting with an angel of the Lord. And the angel said to me, Daniel, O Daniel, you great beloved man, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. And he had fallen to his face before him. For to you, I am now sent. And while he was saying these words, I stood up trembling. So he, feel, he understands that he is in the presence of majesty. And then the angel said to Daniel, fear not, Daniel, from the first day get ready to underline, that you set your mind and your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Watch what happens right here. Your words. We can interchange that with prayer. Your prayers were heard. And the angel says, I have come in consequence and in response to your, your words. This angel of the Lord is showing Daniel a principle saying from the moment you prayed, that moment as an angel, I got into action. But watch what happens. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of, kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. If you've ever heard of the 21 day Daniel fast, this is where it's all comes from. Then Michael, who is an archangel, one of the chiefest of the celestial princes came to help me for I remained there with the kings of Persia. And so there's a bit of a imagery going on right here that is spirit realm imagery. I found this picture, I couldn't find the video but I found this picture of the archangel Michael standing against the prince, they call him the prince of Persia. And so the, uh, Persia is obviously a geographical location, but this, is, but this angel tells Daniel, from the moment you prayed, we went into action, but we were standing against spiritual forces. Let's go to Ephesians. I'm gonna, I, let's just, it's on your paper. Let's not turn it because I want to do something here. Ephesians chapter six says, for we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. So let's tie that directly to Daniel and that the archangel Michael had to withstand the prince of Persia. What precipitated it? What triggered it? Daniel's prayers, his words. And when did it happen? The moment he prayed it. 
Well, now. What are we praying that the angels, that the, that the Lord is immediately going into action on? But what is, it, what is it say in Ephesians? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, blood, contend only with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers, Prince of Persia, and of the present, of this present darkness against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural sphere. I'm not saying that every prayer that we pray is a spiritual battle, but I am saying how many of our prayers are spiritual battles that we don't have any clue about. That the angel had to come down, tell Daniel, let me just let you know what's going on. <laughs> that when you prayed, God moved into action. In 21 days, we fought against a prince of a, of a location. And Daniel's like, me? Who, me? Because you prayed. And so we go back to what is God waiting on me to speak life into that he's going to partner with his word that is the manifest presence of Jesus himself and go into action and I don't have a clue. Kind of like that, that young man. I prayed, I prayed in the spirit and then I went back to bed. <laughs> it wasn't that, you know, I tried to find where he was. I just went back to bed months later. So let's, let me show you how to do this. We're gonna go to uh, Isaiah and it's on your sheet. We're not gonna turn because we're almost out of time. Isaiah 54. I want you to turn there. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn there. We're close to it in Daniel. Go back to Isaiah. We were, we were close to it in Jeremiah because I, I want you to see this in your Bible. Isaiah 54 and 17, but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. This peace, this righteousness, this security Triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those who, who, whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This, uh, this, thank you for changing that, whoever did. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtained from me. This is that which I impact to them as their justification says the Lord. Now let's go back to the top of that scripture. And I'm going to use, I'm gonna use Gerald, okay? Watch this, this is not, there's not a, you know, this is not an exemplar, this is not, this is just me extemporaneously right here on the spot. I just chose Gerald. Watch how we can pray. Father, I thank you right now that no weapon that is formed against Gerald shall prosper. Father, I thank you that every tongue that rises against Gerald, that uh, rises against you in judgment shall be found and shown to be in the wrong. Do you see that? Keep, keep going. 
this peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition, and then I stop. And I, like I said, I didn't, I'd plan this through. This peace, I declare, Lord Jesus, you say at the end of this, that this is, this is of you, that Gerald's peace is of you. Gerald's righteousness is of you. Gerald's security is of you. This is why I like the Amplified. Gerald's triumph over oppression, opposition, I mean, is of you. And this is a heritage of a servant. I declare that Gerald is a servant, that his life portrays that he is a servant of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servants of the Lord are reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication. I declare right now over Gerald that he lives in righteousness and he is vindicated by the Lord himself. And, uh, and which he obtained in you. This is that which I impart to them. Lord Jesus, I declare right now that you impart this to Gerald and justification and that you declare that over him. So just a quick little lab there. But do you see how I took one scripture, one scripture. And what you can do is like if, if for instance, Gerald, which Jacob, I hope Gerald's on your prayer list. He needs, I mean, just a good thing to have. <laughs> if there's a name there on your prayer list or situation, then next to it, I can write out, if I have a spiral or something, I can write out Isaiah 54 right next to it. And if you wanna get fancy, put that person's name as you write the scripture. And you can do it like I did. Ryan talked about this when we did the prayer series on um, during the summertime, he talked about doing this with Amelia. And you can take, and then when you come back to that, you can pray it again over whomever that is. Or you can add to it or somebody else's name. You can find a scripture that's, that's germane to their situation or to them. But I ask the question, what is God waiting on us to speak into existence that the forces of righteousness, angels, the Lord's voice, I don't know, it's not for me to, I don't pray to angels, I don't look to angels, I look to the Lord of hosts for everything, but what happens when we pray, God does say he gives his angels charge over us, instructions over us, that's his call, not mine. But what happens when we pray and he goes into action? Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is true and that you are the living word. I ask you, Lord, to let your word just ignite on the inside of us. And when it comes to our prayer life, that you would remind us and give us instructions as you're so faithful to do on what and how to pray for the individual, individuals and, and people in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.